You're listening to Sibling Talk with Mary Jo Tumare and John Paulette. Commentary from a progressive point of view. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumare. Mary, I'll tell you what is bothering me the most today. And and in a world where there's so much going wrong, it takes something for this to stand out in the way it did. As I say, there's such a long list you could pick from. Absolutely. But I'm going to go back to uh, something that's usually misquoted. Uh, Somebody, I think John Kennedy originally said, that Edmund Burke had said the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Sorry to uh, correct our assassinated president. That actually was originally from John Stuart Mill, who is uh, kind of a great intellectual hero of mine. And Mill said, I looked this up, uh, so I'm not doing it from memory. Good men need nothing more to compass their ends than the I'm sorry, I've said it right. Bad men need nothing more to compass their ends than that good men should look on and do nothing. And I watched the news this morning where Casey Hunt from MSNBC and other reporters stood trying to get Republican senators to comment on President Trump's invocation of the Insurrection Act is cleaning out of uh, Lafayette Park, is going to the church, and one after another said, oh, I didn't see it. I wasn't aware. I'm sorry. I'm late for lunch. I think that was Senator Rob Portman. Some said... proud Ohioan. I have to say that was Rob Portman, and I just finished writing my um, scathing email to him of my embarrassment that he's the senator from Ohio. This, I think I said something like, with so much shame to go around, <laughs> I mean, in this sh- shameful era, I didn't expect you to be one of them. Because Portman, I don't know, it's, it's so disappointing. It, it, every single one of them was, but to your point, it's more than disappointing. It's frightening because this is how totalitarians take over. They use the military to shoot peaceful protests and nobody stands up and says anything. Well, you're exactly right. And I think you commented the other day, you know, we've been worrying for a couple of years, could this spell the end of our practices, our norms, our our values? But I think you commented the other day, we're no longer in that kind of world. We're now in the world of could this spell the end of our democracy? Could this spell the end of our, our republic? And I'm sure some of our listeners are going to think you're overstating that. I don't think I am. I think in the things you just said, the willingness to call out uh, the American military on peaceful Americans uh, protesting and the willingness of the Republican Party, and I think every one of them has to take this burden to stand by and say, Oh, I, I'm sorry. I didn't even read that in the news. I have to go to lunch. Yeah, I mean, really, are, what kind of a rock are you living under that you didn't know that happened? So it's bad enough that you're saying nothing and then you're lying about 
whether you knew or heard about it. I thought that was just such, that was a walk of shame if I've ever seen one. And it was funny how she was stationed like in a cordon and they were going into their, you know, congressional lunch or whatever it was. Yeah. And um, to which Claire McCaskill said, those things never start on time. She But it but was I'm... funny because that, the, the reporting, whatever Trump and his um, sycophants thought was going to happen as a result of that photo op, it has backfired so miserably, backfired so much. The Secretary of Defense felt like he had to do a press conference in which he said, I don't agree with the president. So as I said, he'll be another guy, unemployed guy pretty soon. Hope he gets some COVID uh, PUA, you know, yeah. for that. Because you can't imagine the pressure he must have been under when he realized that he'd been made a fool of. I don't know. Do you think he didn't know what was going on? Because that's kind of his claim. Like, I was with those guys, but I didn't know. Oh, that might be like the looters. Like, I did go downtown with those guys, but I didn't know they were going to rob Foot Locker. Right. Yeah. No, I, I say this without very much faces, but I'm going to invoke Senator Tammy Duckworth here when I call him a liar. I, if I'm not clear about that, a lying liar. Senator Duckworth pointed out that shortly before that whole event, he, Mark Esper, Secretary of Defense, was uh, on a conference call with the governors of the states, and he referred to places like Lafayette Square as the battleground, and we have to fight on the battleground. So for you to come on and say, wait a minute, I was unaware of any of this whatsoever, uh, what a terrible mistake. Now, I'm going to I'm gonna call bullshit. I just yeah. don't buy it. And, and I, I love that he's like, well, I was checking the toilets. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, no, there was vandalism, and I actually kind of had to take a pee myself. I've been in there a long time, because when you're around Donald Trump, it's like the courtiers were with Louis XIV. They didn't dare leave the room to relieve themselves. And that's why they put straw all over the place so they could pee on the floor. Oh Maybe Donald Trump should be doing that too. <laughs> but I, 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 It was bad. I mean, the whole thing has just been such an embarrassment. But Trump is who Trump is. And we can't expect more or less of him, even though, you know, maybe that's too much of a cop out for him anyway. But yeah. we did expect something of some of these senators, why? Why do we expect them to be better than they've shown themselves to be? I mean, McConnell, what a joke. The way he kind of slinks into that room with that weird kind of arrogance that he has. Yeah. Like, I'm not talking to you. Like, you know what, Jack? We pay your salary and yeah. you owe us an explanation on why it's okay for Donald Trump to threaten to use the military against peaceful protests. But I've been thinking about this, John. I know I had heard from, um, my son was downtown Cleveland, and I've heard this from other people too, that there is an a anti-Trump feel to some of these protests in the same way that like the um, protests at the state houses under the open the states up had a very MAGA feel to them. Yeah. So there is that divide, whether... 
Trump only sees those protests in terms of it being anti him instead of the larger issue that's being um, discussed. Because I want to think back to when those protests were like in Michigan, right? They were going to the state house, like open the state up. Yes, there were a lot of MAGA people involved, but there was a greater issue. And whether you agreed with it or not, you could understand, at least I understood constitutionally why these people were saying the government doesn't have the right to do this. That's a good philosophical discussion to have. And whatever you come down on at the end. Flip that to now, and we're having a discussion about social justice, police brutality, all of that. Trump is a part of that, but it's not about him, really. No, but he's making himself a part of it. I, I know I go back to the 60s uh, a lot. I, I mean, I still actually listen to Paul Revere and the Raiders. So <laughs> that, that's kind of part of it. But remember that uh, the protests were about civil rights. They were about against the war. But they became about Lyndon Johnson. He allowed himself. He made those about himself, and were told, you know, that he could hear the chants outside his window. Uh, hey, hey, LBJ, how many kids did you kill today? Mm-hmm. Someone pointed out uh, on the news, and I think it made a lot of sense. Remember what an old building that White House is. It is not well soundproof, and this reporter. Who was a White House reporter said, if you're sitting in the residence, you can hear. You can hear what's going on outside. And so Trump has heard that. And I, I get your point. And I, I agree with you. I don't think any of this really began that much as a anti-Trump uh, demonstration. But the more he steps up and says, we've got to dominate the streets, the more it becomes about about him. Sure, because I think there's part of the protesters that are probably almost apolitical. But if you think of the Venn diagram of people that are against Trump and support civil rights, there's probably a lot of, you know, a lot of space in the middle of that. That's where a lot of people land. And so so he could see that as anti-Trump, but it really misses the point, which is that... uh, all of us as a society, including those senators, have to understand that we've got to work, start to work through change, or this is just going to keep happening again and again. It, 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 Trump can be gone. Biden might be president. You're still going to have these protests if nothing is done. Well, you're right. I, I am going to, and I, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm pretty far to one side on this. I am going to make it more about Donald Trump, not just in his uh, interposition of himself right now, but go back a little bit in history. It was the Trump Justice Department under Jeff Sessions that vacated many of these pattern and practice uh, orders that were uh, that the police forces were working with that was that were intended to try and prevent these uh, practices. Sessions uh, Justice Department essentially said, guys, take care of yourself. It was Donald Trump who addressing police officers a couple of years ago said, go ahead. Don't be too careful when you get the bad guys. Rough them up a little bit. I'll stand behind you. He 
he can't say that didn't happen. It did. It's on video. And that kind of thing, along with the policy changes of the Sessions Justice Department, set up the killing of George Floyd. And I think Donald Trump bears a direct responsibility well, for that. And, and, and another thing that's important is that it is Donald Trump that demonized the peaceful protest of Colin Kaepernick. Right. And that we can't, I mean, we can't forget, but you know what? The country has not forgotten that. Almost every conversation I have about this, there is a piece of it where we're talking about Colin Kaepernick. Like if yep. we had listened then, if we allowed peaceful protests to start to create change, but he deliberately as a campaign issue, as a wedge issue, humiliated. Um, remember when he sent Pence to an Indiana football game to walk oh, yeah. out when Kaepernick? To walk out, I, I don't right. Think it, I think Kaepernick was out already, but the other guys were kneeling. Yeah. The other guys were kneeling. And, and so that that's just, that was a very deliberate action to maintain this racial wedge. Now I saw this morning that a very large percentage, and I don't, I'm not going to remember what it is, but over 70%, of white voters support the protesters, not the looting, not the criminal behavior, yeah. but the what protesters. And why, John? Because it's their children. You know how they say it's what turned children. the tide on yeah. the Vietnam War is when parents right. saw their children protesting? Right. I think whites are starting, and no change happens without the white people, right? No, whites no. are starting to see their children, their grandchildren, their siblings, be protesting the injustice and it's changing yes. the minds. Not everybody. Trump has his 30%. No. God bless him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they are remembering that protesters, their kids are protesting. Right. Looters are looting. It's not the same right. thing. Not the same thing. Alyssa, I want to make more explicit something you said there, but so we're clear with everybody. There was a specific reason why Colin Kaepernick took a knee and it was police brutality to black people to That's black it. young men this i mean this is not just a tenuous tenuous link i had kind of a dream the other night when uh trump walked out and walked across to the street the street to the church and went through all this i thought what if there was a president and he walked out of the white house just as trump did and he walked over into Lafayette Park, right in the middle of both uh, the police, the National Guard, and the protesters. And without a word, he took a knee. And the protesters took a knee, and the police took a knee. And all across the country, people took a knee following the lead of, of the president. And as I was having that, I remembered a folk song from the 1960s. It went like this. Last night, I had the strangest dream I'd ever dreamed before. I dreamed the world had all agreed to put an end to war. And that's like in the background of my mind as I'm seeing this. What do you think? Do I need to check my dosage here? <laughs> I don't know about that, but, you know, you have Twitter followers, Facebook followers. Let's start taking these. Because, you know, so, Obama would have taken a knee. He would have. You know why Trump didn't take a knee? He couldn't get back up. Why? He couldn't get back up. 
but they could get a forklift over there. They could have. Oh, oh, no, that was wrong. We better Sorry. end this on the forklift. Oh, all right.